The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of Ecclesia Houston. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to follow Jesus, the liberating King, and live in His kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Ecclesia, this is Pastor Chris, and I want to welcome you into my home today, and hopefully you have welcomed me into your home. And it seems like we may be uh, engaging with one another in this way for a little while. And so uh, I want to talk to you today about how we make the best of that, Uh, how we care well for ourselves, um, how we care well for our neighbors. What does it mean to be the church in this season? Uh, Each of us are going to struggle in different ways right now. Um, Some of us are germaphobes and we're paranoid by nature about getting sick. And this is particularly difficult Um, for some of us. Uh, your employment is acutely affected. Ecclesia, some of you work in the service industry. This is a difficult time and season. I want to encourage each of you to look out and care for each other. Um, If you're relying on tips or you're getting paid by the job right now, life is going to be difficult. And each of us need to make some good decisions. From what I'm reading, one-on-one interactions are great. So I'd say go get your hair cut and tip your your barber or your hairdresser a little bit extra because they're going to be suffering in this season. Figure out what's appropriate and let's keep the parts of our economy moving and working uh, that can work in this season. And let's also follow best practices and good advice. Uh, Some of us are suffering because uh, maybe you're retired and you're relying on your investments and this is a time you feel really anxious. Uh, There are a lot of us as well that just we... uh, We're extroverts. We want to be out there with people. And the thought of being at home alone is difficult. There are other introverts that are loving this, by the way. But the truth is, no matter who you are, um, there's not enough on Netflix to keep you occupied. Uh, This is a season. As your pastor, I want to invite you to deepen your relationship with God. We, We all have our struggles and flaws. I'll tell you one of mine. And one of mine is I struggle sometimes to live in the moment. In fact, I have to motivate myself um, to do well in the moment by things that I'm looking forward to, right? So day by day lately, I've been going, I'll get through anything because I know after Easter, uh, I've got a trip with a group of guys. Um, They're an amazing group of guys, all leaders uh, of industry, CEOs, and we lean in and help each other. We help solve our biggest leadership problems. We're going to do this trip in the Grand Canyon, and I'll tell you, every day I think about that trip. It looks like that trip's going to be canceled. I don't have that to look forward to. And you know what I've got to learn to do? I've got to learn to breathe and be present in the moment. And say, God, will you meet me in my house where I am today with what I have today? And as your friend and as your pastor, I'm going to do my best to invite you to do the same. It won't be easy. Many of us are... um, are tiring already of the same messages over and over, right? I mean, you remember what it was like to be a seven-year-old when washing your hands was actually uh, a ridiculous chore, right? And you could just hear your mom always, wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands. And now we're doing that. We're just washing our hands a lot. And uh, I want to remind you, the Bible talked a lot about this. Isn't it fascinating to think that we've only really understood the basic nature of germs and the ways that disease spreads for the last 200 years. And yet, one of the things that's so amazing about the Bible is long before God um, took the time and gave us science and the ability to understand all these things, um, he explained the things we needed to know. In fact, in the law, it mentions more than 29 times, just in the, the Pentateuch, 
the importance of hand washing. Um, more than 50 times to wash your clothes and to bathe, these basic hygiene and sanitation things that we're finding now are really important because they keep people safe. And there are a lot of us that are irritated by having some of our freedoms uh, limited. We don't like restrictions by nature. I'm one of those people. But I gotta tell you, when I got on a phone call this week with a group of pastors in the city and medical leaders, and you need to know that um, the advice that's being given uh, to religious leaders, uh, to civic leaders, is coming directly from our medical personnel. So to hear uh, Peter Fisters, the, the CEO of MD Anderson, he's uh, a medical doctor, and he said very clearly, I need you all uh, to limit group participation and large group gatherings because for me, uh, the people that are getting treated at MD Anderson, they're my responsibility. And what he told us is that the mortality rate for cancer patients or recent cancer patients that are still immunocompromised, that the mortality rate is 50%. Now, if I think about those people, right, I can name to you right now people I love that are recent cancer patients. I love those people. You know what? I'll wash my hands a thousand times a day if it helps keep them safe or your grandmother or my mother. And in that place, uh, it's much more beautiful. And God instructed us to do this. In fact, our Jewish brothers and sisters have many practices around this. Uh, every Shabbat, they have a ritual as they wash their hands. Daily, they have rituals where they wash their hands. And as they wash their hands, they pray some prayers. One of those prayers in Hebrew is Baruch Atah Adonai. It goes on, and in English, this is what it says. Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, the ruler of the universe, who sanctifies us with commandments, and commands us concerning washing our hands. Right? And they'll pray that prayer a couple of times as they wash their hands. Ecclesia, one of the things I would suggest is that as you wash your hands in this season, and we're going to be doing a lot of it, that you would adopt a common prayer. Maybe all Ecclesians could pray this prayer together. It's one of my favorite um, verses from Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech. That as you wash your hands, you just repeat with me, no, no, we're not satisfied. And we will not be satisfied until justice rolls down like waters and righteousness like a mighty stream. And then say it again. No, no, we are not satisfied. And we will not be satisfied until justice rolls down like waters and righteousness like a mighty stream. Ecclesia, I believe that in the midst of difficult circumstances, we can be our best. I'm wearing my favorite t-shirt today. It's a t-shirt from Hurricane Harvey. And you know why I love wearing this t-shirt? It says, when the waters rise, we rise higher. And when I wear it, people ask me, what's the story with that t-shirt? I get to tell them about being a part of a church. That when this city was literally going underwater, we stepped forward. We were the body of Christ. Um, we, we moved into houses that were a mess. We helped clean them out. We cared for people. If you want to be encouraged right now, I'd encourage you after. Uh, we're done with this sermon. Google the Ecclesia Harvey Report and just read what it looks like to be a church that rises as we enter crisis. Those are the people we're going to be in this season. And I want to invite you into some ways that we can do that. Um, here's a few suggestions. Will you look out particularly for your elderly friends, family members, and neighbors? If you've got somebody on your block, somebody in your neighborhood, they could live across the country. They're going to be lacking some fellowship, some friendship. Will you get on the phone? Will you send a gift via Amazon, whatever it is, something that says, hey, we're with you, that helps us keep human connection? Then secondly, 
I want to invite you to continue to support the work of Ecclesia. Um, today, we're going to be rallying funds, and I'm going to report back to you more about this, but we're working with the Houston Independent School District Foundation to help make sure um, that the thousands and thousands of kids that are now released from school and rely on uh, their schools uh, for a nutritious meal each day, that they're fed and cared for. We're trying to figure out whether that's grocery cards or what it is. Um, but we're talking about tens of thousands of dollars that our church needs to commit to that kind of work. And this is going to be a challenging season for everyone, but we want to look out for kids in particular. And then, Ecclesia, I want to invite you um, to take good care of yourself physically, spiritually, emotionally. So, Ecclesia, in a world, in the scriptural sense, that was marked by things that lived in two categories, they were clean or unclean. In Job 14.4, Job says, can anyone take something that's impure and make it pure? And he said, it's impossible, right? Things are either clean or they're not clean. And most of the old world was designed around this concept of keeping yourself clean, keeping yourself pure away from disease. And then this amazing thing happened. Jesus, the one who truly was holy, showed up on the scenes. In fact, there's a passage you can read in Luke where um, the Pharisees are coming to Jesus saying, how can you guys be very spiritual? Because we've noticed some of your disciples ate without washing their hands. I don't advise you to do that. Wash your hands before you eat. But know that in a day and age where they were focused on the ritual. Now, I think they probably washed their hands. Maybe they just didn't do it the way they were supposed to do it. In Luke 10, we get a unique story. It tells us that a scholar of the Hebrew scriptures tried to trap Jesus. And the scholar came to Jesus and said, teacher... What must I do to experience eternal life? It's a great question. But Jesus answered with a question. He said, what is written in the Hebrew scriptures? How do you interpret their answer to your question? The scholar said, you shall love, love the eternal one, your God, with everything you have, all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Still a good lesson for us today. Jesus said, perfect. Your answer is correct. Follow these commands and you will live. But the scholar was frustrated by this response because he was hoping to make himself appear smarter than Jesus. That's a bad idea, right? Bad plan, not going to work out for you. So the scholar persists. He says, then who is my neighbor? That's when Jesus tells us this story. I, what I propose to you today, Ecclesia, is that this story that Jesus tells defines true Christianity. In a day and age where everyone was focused on their own cleanliness, their own care, their own relationship uh, with God more than with the other, Jesus tells us this story. This fellow was traveling down from Jerusalem to Jericho when robbers mugged him. They took his clothes beat him to a pulp, and left him naked and bleeding and in critical condition. By chance, it tells us, a priest was going down that same road, and when he saw the wounded man, he crossed over to the other side and passed by. Why would a priest do this? A priest was focused on his own cleanliness. He wasn't willing to make himself unclean. Then a Levite, also from the priestly family, who was on his way to assist in the temple, also came and saw the victim lying there, and he too kept his distance. Then, Jesus tells us, a despised Samaritan, 
If you go with me to the Holy Land one day, I'll take you to the place where Samaritans still live. They were despised uh, by Jews because they weren't truly Jewish. They believed some different things. They were considered to be a different ethnicity, an offshoot. This despised Samaritan journeyed by. And when he saw the fellow, he felt compassion for him. The Samaritan went over to him, stopped the bleeding, applied some first aid, and put the poor fellow on his donkey. He brought the man to an end and cared for him through the night. The next day, the Samaritan took out some money, two days' wages to be exact, and paid the innkeeper, saying, please take care of this fellow, and if it isn't enough, I'll repay you the next time I pass through. Jesus asked, which of these three proved himself a neighbor to the man who had been mugged by the robbers? The scholar said, the one who showed mercy to him. And Jesus said, well, go and behave like that Samaritan. Ecclesia, that's our invitation. In a world that's filled with people trying to protect themselves, and I want you to do your best to protect your family and your neighbors. We have true Christian heroes among us, people that work in healthcare, doctors and nurses, clinical techs, hospital administrators, on and on and on. And these dear brothers and sisters are doing what no one ever imagined possible. In Luke 5, we have a beautiful story. I'm going to post a video of it for you later so you can just see it reenacted. But it's a story that blew everyone's mind at the time. They didn't understand how disease was transmitted, but they knew that if there was one leper among them, uh, that leprosy spread really easily and there was no known cure. And so if you became a leper, you were an outcast. If you got anywhere close, you were a danger. And when Jesus was approached by lepers, he was the only one throughout history that didn't run from them, he moved towards them. I'm grateful this week for doctors and nurses and caretakers that are moving towards the sick in Italy, in China, in Iran, and you name it. This is not about us, this is about our brothers and sisters all across the globe. And I wanna invite you now to say a prayer for those brothers and sisters. They are Jesus with skin on for so many people. And we're gonna do everything we can, just as we would in Hurricane Harvey. If we could have stopped the storm, we would have done anything to stop the storm, right? I still sit up at night thinking I've got solutions for flooding in Houston. Maybe you do the same. I don't want it to ever happen again. Ecclesia, we can all do our part to care for our family, to care for our neighbors, to look out for those that are most vulnerable, and to support um, our heroes, medical professionals that lean in and care well for people. We have a beautiful worship service that you can experience in your home. We're going to do this from week to week for as long as this crisis lasts. And we believe that we can worship Jesus just where we are and we can stay connected to one another. So would you allow me a moment to pray for you and with you? I love you, Ecclesia. I'm proud of you. We're going to get through this together. Lord God, I thank you for my brothers and sisters. I believe that we have the opportunity to truly be the church in Houston and across the globe in this difficult season. I believe that you've given us the ability to transcend fear and to embody love. And so God, we ask first that we would do that with our family members, some that are brought to a place of anxiety because of health concerns, financial concerns, job concerns, Lord, whatever those concerns might be, would you teach us how to care well for one another in this season? Would you give us patience with each other? There are a lot of brothers and sisters like me that stay focused on the next big thing. We're ready for something new. 
and living in the moment in our homes in a calm and peaceful rhythm is going to invite us into some new ways to know you. Lord, help us to do that well. God, we ask you to lead us towards generosity, that kids in our city would be well fed, that brothers and sisters in need, uh, whether they be young or elderly, whether they be rich or poor, would be cared for in this season. Lord, we are grateful. We have the opportunity to be a part of your story, your grace, your activities here in this world. Sustain us over these weeks as we worship in some new ways, as we care well for our families. We pray all of this together, and we pray it in your name. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.ecstasyahouston.org.